Uh, in the studio at the moment, I have Kari. They've come in to speak to us today about um, a, an exhibition that's going to be celebrating women's suffrage and intersectional feminism. Um, there's a lot there, and it does sound very interesting. Thank you for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, very well, thank you. Now, um, please tell us about this exhibition that you're going on. Sure, so this exhibition is basically in two parts. So there's the exhibition itself, which features eight artists with ties to Dunedin, and then there's the publication, which features interviews with various individuals and organisations in Dunedin. And the idea is basically to, A, commemorate the 125th anniversary of suffrage in New Zealand, um, and B, to kind of track the history of suffrage and the suffrage story in Dunedin from 1893 to today but through an intersectional feminist framework. So basically looking at how um, issues of race and class and disability and sexuality have kind of been recognised in Dunedin's history, feminist histories or not. Uh, and kind of also um, honouring the work that activists men and women have done in Dunedin and sort of looking at where we are today. Um, so I could, maybe I could tell you a bit about the artists and Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yes, please. Um, so for the publication, we're interviewing Dr. Dot Page, um, who's a feminist scholar about the story of suffrage in Dunedin. We then moved to the 1930s, talking to Rachel Francis from the Otago Pioneer Women's Association about their hall, which is still in Moray Place, to talking to Jocelyn Harris about uh, the Dunedin Collective for Women, which was active in the 70s to the 80s. And then we talked to also various women from today, so for example from Rape Crisis, um, Shakti, um, Te Whare Ponamu, Dunedin Women's Refuge, Refuge, um, immigrant and rural women in Dunedin, and some local Māori wahine as well. Mm. Uh, and then the artists who are going to be in the show are Julia Young, who is from Studio 2 and um, is an artist who is, experiences intellectual disabilities. Uh, Mariwa Savena, who's going to talk about the impact of colonisation on the Māori woman's body. Uh, Emma Chalmers, who's going to um, have works talking about um, anti-abortion protests in Dunedin and uh, counter-protests to these from various feminism collectives. Uh, Sophie Black, who's going to remix a controversial um, film from Dunedin from 1928 called A Daughter of Dunedin. Uh, Matthew Whiteman, who's going to talk about toxic mas masculinity. Sarah Beard, who'll be talking about um, her working experiences in Dunedin and potentially also LGBTQI issues. Um, who have I missed out? Oh, um, Swarupa Uni, who's going to talk about her um, experience as a foreign immigrant in Dunedin. And Jenna Devagt, who's going to include a portrait of a friend of hers, kind of outlining the various um, ethnic strands of her friend's kind of descent. So, yeah, there's like mm. a lot of different topics and perspectives we're including, and it's going to be um, over the course of two weeks with a Picha Kucha event, an opening, and also a storytelling evening. Okay, now, um, just for our listeners out there, that's what's happening. We're going to give you all the contact details on when things are happening a little bit later on. Um, so grab a pen or something like that if you need to. But I just wanted to ask, first of all, um, intersectionality. Now, it's something that people may not be aware of. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. Um, I think it is a little bit of an academic term, which can kind of create a little bit of pushback. But essentially, intersectional feminism or intersectionality looks at the ways in which feminism and kind of other experience of oppression intersect so um, that can be to do with issues of race or class or ability or sexuality um, and it basically in essence recognizes that people have um, different lived experiences and that people have different needs from feminism based on their backgrounds so for example um, a Māori woman has different needs and experiences than a Pākehā middle-class white woman, you know. And one of the big critiques of feminism in the past has been that it's been very 
uh, middle-class white women focused. Um, so intersectionality or intersectional feminism kind of tries to broaden the spectrum um, and just kind of take more perspectives into account and allow space for uh, a greater variety of voices. Hmm. I mean, it's, um, I have the reason I've asked you that question is I've recently been learning about intersectionality <laughs> here at university. Um, and and they've, uh, the way that it's been explained to me is that um, it's the kind of a way forward from identity politics. There is the idea that um, it's people understand that identity politics can be very polarizing mm -hmm. and places blame and things like that, whereas intersectionality is actually a chance to kind of come together, explore common experiences, but while still recognizing um, you know that that, for example, uh, different groups experience things differently. Um, so is, is that something that is growing in Dunedin and kind of uh, in, in women's thoughts, in your opinion? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's very difficult to say because I undoubtedly exist within my own kind of mm. liberal bubble. Mm. Um, and I mean, that's kind of part of what we want to achieve with this exhibition is sort of highlighting this topic and um, maybe creating a bit of an educational resource in this topic. So the publication that we're making will, for example, go up online and therefore be readily and immediately, immediately accessible in perpetuity in the future. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's really hard to say. I feel like the fact that a lot of people don't know what intersectional feminism is, is probably a signal that maybe it's not something people are immediately in touch with. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm unsure. Yeah, no, no, yeah. that's perfectly fair answer. Um, I, because women's suffrage, um, we're 125 years this year. Mm -hmm. um, there's been this thing where, and I know it's just, I know it's just language, and it's not something that people think of um, because they don't mean it in this way. But when people say we gave women the vote, they make it sound so nice, make it sound like it was, it was <laughs> like you know, we all sat down over tea one day and and we talked about it rationally yeah. and reasonably, yeah. and um, we decided that no, indeed, we'll give women the vote. Yeah. that's not actually the case, is it? No, it's definitely not the case, and mm. it's been really interesting actually reading a lot of um, dissertations at the Hocken Library and talking to Dot Page about this exact topic, um, and just seeing how within the context of Dunedin specifically, women really, really fought for that right. Um, and they did that through um, collectivising, through working together, through petitions, through writing to parliamentarians, through responding to um, letters against suffrage in Dunedin's daily papers. Um, it was really a massive effort that kind of took place in three parts. You know, there was one initial drive, another second drive, and then a third drive um, of acquiring signatures for suffrage. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's something women really had to advocate for. And that's another thing that's come through really strongly in the research we've done for this publication and the show is that um, change happens through collective action. And that's a really, really powerful thing. So <clears throat> another example of that for me is looking at the history of domestic violence in New Zealand and um, the institution Dunedin Women's Refuge now. Te Whare Ponamu, Dunedin mm. Women's Refuge, because in the 1970s and 80s, domestic violence was something that people didn't talk about. Mm. Uh, it was considered a private issue, the police weren't interested, doctors was, would only treat women sometimes if they agreed to go back to their violent partners. Mm. So we had a really, really different yeah, culture. Yeah. And um, that only changed because the Dunedin Collective for Women, members of that institution started a refuge in Dunedin. Mm. Um, based off no resources, no funding, purely off the back of their own passion and dedication because they saw that there was a need. Yeah. Um, and that's really powerful. Now I'd like to come back and talk a little bit about um, that uh, in just a moment. We are going to play a song. 
Uh, this is Thank you for being with us. We have Kari in the studio. She is talking to us today about some exhibitions that are coming up to celebrate women's suffrage and uh, the intersectional feminism within Dunedin. And it sounds like there's a lot of stuff about history in there as well, um, which is absolutely fascinating. We did before we go, we did before we played that last song, we, we kind of did start talking about domestic violence. And there were, there were a couple of figures I just wanted to like throw um, straight off the bat, which is that. Uh, roughly about a third of a woman within their own relationships have either suffered physical or sexual abuse. Um, also, 55% of women in their relationships have um, have experienced either a psychological abuse as well. And I mean, this domestic violence, it is an issue that is, it's always been ongoing in New Zealand. We've, um, unfortunately, we are not the utopia that we sometimes wish we were, and we, we've always had these issues in the background, and, and women have experienced that, haven't they? Absolutely. Um, and I think the figures you mentioned earlier was that one third of all women have experienced some form of domestic violence or abuse in their life, and 55% have experienced some form of psychological abuse. So I think the statistics are really scary, mm. and I think also based off um, my own experiences of friends that I know who've been in relationships um, with men who I'm friends with and are sometimes intelligent, wonderful, kind people, um, sometimes these darker sides of them can come out and I think that's a product of toxic masculinity and a patriarchal culture that's really scary and something that is really difficult to face because it's not always something that's far away from us, you know, it's something that actually a lot of women experience but doesn't always get talked about. Um, so that's a big part of the reason why we wanted to include Rape Crisis and Te Whare Pounamu Dunedin Women's Refuge in this publication because we believe these are extremely important topics. Yeah. Absolutely. They're great organisations too and I know that we've around campus we've done some uh, some things to help fundraise for them um, but again you know the, the previous national government did cut a lot of funding for these kinds of organisations um, I haven't seen what the current Labour government has done, but if you do see any collectors out there at any time for for groups like Rape Crisis for Women's Refuge, uh, Te Whare Paunami, mm -hmm. um, then, then go ahead and give them some money, basically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know from talking to Te Whare Paunami, Dunedin Women's Refuge, that um, they still have to fundraise for 40 to 50% of their funds every year, on top of all the core work that they do to combat domestic violence within families and whānau in mm. New Zealand. So... And that often leads to them having to do volunteer hours on top of their paid work. Um, and it's really difficult. It's not the kind of services that should have to have to face that difficulty because it's a state, these are essential services. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, you mentioned tox, toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for our listeners out there, um, <laughs> I just realised I was going to ask you to woman, woman-splain toxic masculinity. That's all right. I can, that I, can do, I can do that. Please, could um, you do so? Well, I think toxic masculinity is just um, an idea of masculinity that men kind of absorb from popular culture, from their family and friends and society at large, um, which can be really dangerous and really damaging. And it kind of creates conventions or expectations that men feel they have to live up to or abide by that are actually really damaging. So the first thing that always kind of comes to mind for me is just um, how you relate to your emotions, you know, and A, can you actually talk about those emotions, can you be vulnerable, can you connect with other people, because that's what it means to be a human being and have good relationships and have a healthy relationship to your emotions. Mm. But equally, do you allow your emotions to completely take over the space around you? 
Um, so it's not always that men just kind of repress emotion. Sometimes it's that, that their emotion takes up all the air in the room, you know. So I think that's kind of an example of toxic masculinity where it's difficult for men to know how to have a healthy relationship with how they feel. Mm. Um, and it's really sad because it's damaging for them, it's damaging for their relationships. And I think sometimes it's like a fish in water. Mm. You know, you don't know what you're in because you're just... Yep, you're in it. You're, yeah, you're, you're in it. Um, and I mean, I think that's why we, that's part of the reason why we talked to Matthew Whiteman about being in the show, because I think that's really important in perspective to include as well. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it's important to kind of have men be a part of this discussion mm. too. Um, yeah. Now, there's a few people that have been involved with the show, a few people you kind of like to give shout outs and things to. So please, uh, please go ahead. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we really just want to thank everybody that's given their voluntary time um, to work with us. So from the artists who've been involved to all our partnership organisations mm. of which we've been really lucky to receive letters of support. So I hope I don't forget anybody, but Otago Polytechnic, Studio 2 in the Margaret Freeman Gallery, the Otago Pioneer Women's Memorial Association, um, Shakti, Rape Crisis, Te Whara Ponamu, Dunedin Women's Refuge, um, all the in individuals that we've interviewed for the publication. Um, everybody who's been involved has done this voluntarily and thus far unpaid. Um, we may be getting funding, fingers crossed, but we'll find out about that soon. Um, but yeah, it's just been a real privilege to work with people and to receive the support that we've received because we're kind of doing this off the back of our own sort of efforts without really having the opportunity to pay for things, mm -hmm. which is often the case with organising sort of exhibitions and having an independent curatorial practice. So actually having support from people is massive. So yeah, we just want to say thank you. And I also want to say thank you to my co-curator, Liddy Schmidt, who is also my sister, who has been <laughs> wonderful to work with on this as well. So. Yeah, fantastic. There's yeah. family involved. <laughs> um, now please tell us where and when where and when? What is happening? Okay, where and when. So the exhibition will be from the 14th to the 28th of September. The opening's on the evening of the 14th. We're having a Pecha Kucha event where people from the Polytechnic will be speaking. So that's a joint event with the Polytech on the 21st. Um, both of those are going to be at Jeff's on Lower Stewart Street um, in all bell chambers. And then on the from the 22nd to the 28th, the exhibition will be at Studio 2 in South Dunedin. So it's a travelling show. Mm. With our last event, a storytelling on the 28th at Studio 2, um, where we'll have speakers and our artist Swarupa Uni will be doing um, some of her traditional Indian dance. And all of the details for this are going to come up on our um, blog spot, mm. uh, which is intersectional feminism Dunedin 2018.blogspot.com. So um, all the interviews will go up on there, all the media, um, all the images that we take, um, just so that there's also a kind of an archive of all these events and stories that will exist in perpetuity. Yep, fantastic. So, so that's intersectional feminism Dunedin 2018.blogspot.com. Intersectional feminism Dunedin 2018.blogspot.com. A little bit long winded, but. Yep. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. So people out there, um, if you want to find out more, you can go there. Um, we will uh, also put those details on our Facebook page, The Pillow Fort at Radio 1. Um, we'll, they'll also go up on our website as well under the Programs tab. Just find the, the Pillow Fort on the Programs tab. The information will be there as well. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for coming in today. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, we wish you all the best for the forthcoming exhibition and shows and talks and all kinds of things, really, isn't it? Yeah, thank mm. you so much for having me, Andrew. Not a problem.